Good day and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is February the 15th, 2023. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. <laughs> Same to you, baby. Oh, thank you. How was your Valentine's Day? What did you guys do? It was better when I got your roses. <laughs> Man, we didn't do shit. We got a four-month-old and it was a Tuesday, so uh, we didn't do anything. Yeah. We have a dinner planned for Friday, so we're going to make it up on the weekend. Nice. That's our life now. That's our life. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we, about you? We both got sit really sick uh, on Tuesday morning. Like Monday night kind of both started to feel weird. And uh, and I'm I'm like okay maybe it's post Super Bowl all I did yesterday was eat carbs and sugar mm. in excess maybe it's just my body like what the fuck did you just do to me so I'm like okay whatever and then Tuesday I woke up bro and I felt like I got hit by a truck man just like barely could move all my joints Yikes. are super sore hundred two hundred three degree fever all day just like on my ass it's just ugh. so our valentine and same with sarah she was super sick as well so our, our valentine's day we did get to spend the whole thing together but it was in a bed sweating and <laughs> fevery um, oh well that's yeah well there you go that's a valentine's day to remember yeah, absolutely sure. in a bed with bodily fluids <laughs> happy for you both Thank congratulations you. that's excellent um hey have you uh, ever heard of the term a skew morph no mm-mm. Skewmorph, the cultural tutor on Twitter, has a thread about skewmorphs. He asks, "Have you ever noticed that the save icon is a floppy disk on your computer, even though they become, have become obsolete twenty years ago?" Hmm. That's called a skewmorph when something takes on the appearance of what it replaced, and once you start to look, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Another example is the phone camera. Even though they don't have mechanical shutters, they make clicking sounds like physical cameras do. And the phone icon itself looks like an old corded telephone. Yeah. The various logos for email providers, like that of Gmail, which imitates the appearance of an envelope, despite there being no paper or postage involved. The word skewmorph was coined by an archaeologist, H. Colley March, in 1889, when he uh, noticed that some ancient artifacts retained the design features of older objects, even when they were no longer necessary. So this dates back to, like, Roman times. The Greek temples were made up, uh, once made out of wood, but when they were began being built of stone, they sculpted the stone to look like wood. And the most recent example is actually Jacqueline and I were just talking about this. I pointed out an, uh, an EV, an electric vehicle to her. And I, and I was like, I said, you notice the grill and notice how there's no real vent in the grill because, mm-hmm. because an EV doesn't need air intake because it's electrical drive, not, um, well, not no. gas powered, but yeah. they, you know, it, it would look stupid with just like a plain yeah. plate on the You're so the used car. to seeing it. Right. Right. Um, and even hubcaps, to some to some extent, the old Instagram icon looks like mm-hmm. an old shutter camera. You have a recycle bin on your desktop. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I guess we've noticed it, right? But we've like never like actually noticed. Like for example, your battery. If you look at the battery icon on your phone, it is shaped like a battery. Yeah, your phone is, is using a lithium battery that's like way you know way, way smaller you, shape. You have, a, sh- you have yeah. a shopping cart on Amazon, and it looks like an actual shopping cart. Interesting. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. Kind of makes us feel like uh, like we're like a bunch of morons, you know? <laughs> well, we are, Frank. We are. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. I don't know. It was a really cool thread. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I thought worth sharing. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I was curious your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was a good game, man. I hated to see it end how it ended, bro. It, 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 it was yeah. too good of a game to end on that, like, minor of a call. Like, if you would have, like, dragged, like, 
grabbed his jersey really and like really yanked it and it was like very obvious okay i guess but like dude a couple minutes left in the super bowl like let him play would be my i don't know man if you're uh if you're a coach uh, worth anything then you tell your team and you tell the media when asked about this that the game was not decided on a holding call it was decided every single play adding up to that last holding call that you know may or may not have been valid but like you said at that point the game is tied that call just like the call that brought Kansas City to the Super Bowl is mm-hmm. of the most consequence in that moment. Yep. And this is where I just cannot stand the NFL is when referees decide to make themselves a part of the game. And that's exactly what happened there. Yeah, w- was it a holding call? Eh, maybe. Like if you if you looked at it objectively and you said is this a holding call? You say yes. Then 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 you have to call that every single time. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess. And I guess by me saying, looking at the moment and not making that call to judgment is actually asking the referee to bias their judgment based on the situation, which I guess dissolves my entire point <laughs> right right here and now. <laughs> but, but, but in the moment, you have to imagine that the referee had a, a split second thought where he's like, is it or is it not? I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. if you even have to question that, you shouldn't pull the flag up. But he did. He kicked the field goal. They won it. And they deserved it. Look, I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. They absolutely deserved it. They played a great game. So did the Eagles. And they dominated. The Chiefs dominated the second half. They absolutely brutalized the Eagles in the second half. So, I mean, hats off. I think they earned it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, it just sucks. Like, it feels like every, like, I feel like almost on every single play, if you look at an offensive line, you're going to see a holding. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna. Oh sure. You know it's it, to me. It, I I don't want to bring more replay into it, but I I wish like under two minutes or something in some of these games it'd be, you know, the ref could call a hold, but then maybe they review that to like really make sure that that's the right call. I, I don't know though, because that really slows the game down. Yeah, so I don't it does. Know but it definitely it definitely deflated the ending of the game. It was just kind of. Like, oh, I, I I saw kind of a cool graphic here. Um, I wanted to show you just like where all the players came from that were in the Super Bowl. And before I do it, what do you think is the state that had the most players uh, in the Super Bowl? Georgia. No. Texas. Yes. I knew it was the South. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They take their football seriously. And the South's very heavy on this. But I, I saw this and I thought it was pretty cool. One thing kind of surprised me. So Texas and Mississippi really were tied for first at nine. And then you have Florida with eight. Georgia and Ohio come in with seven. Let's go, Ohio. And then California was six. And I expected way more out of California being as big as it is. And I would assume there's some great football out there. And then one player from outside of the United States. Only one. Only one international oh, player. I wonder who that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I, I feel like six is pretty good for California. I mean, yeah, it's up there with uh, Alabama and Ohio. I mean, you know, I guess I guess depending on the team, right? Like this, I don't know that this represents uh, the like the a sample size of the NFL appropriately. But true. it does make sense. It does make sense that Texas got it for sure. Yeah, that's very true. This is just one game, not just the, yeah. Right. And Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, was from Texas as well. So I just thought that was a cool little graphic. Wanted to share it with you. Hooray for graphics. We all <laughs> like graphics. I was, uh, I, was, I was watching this like reel on Instagram and it was like uh, somebody t- like talking about like being like a generic business movie from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he's like a like a boss and suspenders and a tie. Give me graphs and charts and numbers. Sell and buy. And it was it was hilarious. It helps when the show writes itself. Some weeks, some weeks we're digging. Some weeks we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> uh, and other weeks um, we have to 
decide what we don't talk about because there's so much going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a wild week, brother. I'd love, I'd love to experience a week like the U S just had from an outside perspective. Mm. Right. Like what do people in Finland feel like right now? Right. Are they more worried about what's going on in Ukraine? What do people in Mexico feel like right now? Yeah. Are they worried about shit flying around North America? If I asked you, I could probably guess your answer. Hmm. But are they here? Oh, man. I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I don't think they'd be that obvious unless they want to be obvious. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah. And um, I think once I saw Elon Musk sitting with Rupert Murdoch at the Super Bowl, mm. if they were really here, nobody's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nobody's risking yeah. it. Um, let us recap for a second, shall we? February 4th. A Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the coast of New, uh, North Carolina after we allowed it to coast across the country. I found out today through the Secretary of Defense, uh, General Milley, that we knew about this balloon as soon as it got up off the ground in China. Okay, I was going to say, we do for sure know it was Chinese because I, I thought I kept oh, yes. hearing the press secretary say like they didn't know for sure. They don't really have much details. I'm like, how is that possible? It may, it may okay, so... We know it was we know it was Chinese f for two reasons. One, because we know that it was collecting data. We knew it was encrypting that data, and we knew that it was sending it back to China. Oh, okay, well, yeah. Now, something tells me that number one, this is this is not a rare occurrence, and that the only reason we know about it is because somebody in Montana had a really high power camera and decided to, to look up at the sky and say, "Whoa, there is a moon-sized something floating over Montana right now." And so it, it became this big national story and then everybody f figured out about it and the Biden administration, I imagine at that moment kind of went, oh shit, they know. All right, now we have to address this, right? It was much easier for them to not address this. I don't think that they didn't have a plan and I think that they, by allowing it to cross over their country, gave us some strategic advantage I don't know about because if not, you shoot it down immediately as it crosses American airspace and you don't question it, right? That, that should be the hard line, but they didn't. And I don't know why I'm not there. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they were doing the right thing. But then somebody found out about it and then they said, fuck, we got to do something about it. So less than a week later, a second object was shot down over North Alaska. A day later, a third object was shot down over the Yukon. A day later, a quote, radar anomaly was detected in Montana. We later found out that that was another balloon that they shot down. And then uh, a day after that, February 12th, a fourth object was shot down over Lake Huron. And now everyone's asking, well, what the fuck is going on? Because they're calling them UFOs. They're saying they don't know what they are and that they're flying at 20,000 feet, which impedes commercial air flights, right? You fly at 30,000 feet when you're when you're, when you're flying in an airliner. Mm -hmm. So I heard a report today that uh, we actually shot down one of our, uh, uh, a weather balloon from the National Weather Service, oh. which would be the most ridiculous thing ever that the Biden administration scrambled jets to shoot down one of their own weather balloons. That is just classic. Um, here's what I think is going on. And this is just purely based off of what I've been able to gather from how this administration goes about their business, which is not very well. We found out about this spy balloon early February. It became a national story, something that the administration was trying to put under wraps. And then after they shot it down, 
they said, well, now that there's other things in the sky, we have to shoot these down to show that we're, we have some sort of competence as an administration. So they're just shooting random shit down in the atmosphere. Mm. We come to find out if you dig a little bit deeper in here, there's shit floating around all over the place, you know, 50, 60,000 feet in the air, be it some sort of antennas or, or satellites or some uh, uh, information gathering, collecting, or sending device. I mean, there's shit floating around everywhere. So it's not an anomaly. Um, I think this is just the administration trying to save face. Yeah, I've even heard reports come out of China. I mean, who knows what you can trust there, but saying that they're finding balloons above their airspace as well, though. But then they're thinking that they're U.S. So it's like, does everyone just do this? You know what I mean? And it's just normally so high up there that it doesn't get caught. Like I, I don't really know, man. Yeah, nobody knows, and that's what's frustrating. There's no answers. Nobody's giving any answers. One thing I've heard, though, that is, is scary to me, and it's it's that they're somehow trying to use these to, to like see how quickly we respond in different airspaces and like what how we handle things china and russia to kind of see like how we would react when when different things happen and like if they were to like new shrug us or to take out like our satellites because that's like how a lot of our military handles like like a uav or like their communication even is through these like satellites so like if they can position these balloons and like fire from them or even back from their bases and take out our military satellites, that could put us at a huge disadvantage if we were ever to get attacked. Yeah, or take out a stash of nuclear warheads. I mean, yeah. it, what, what you could gather from from this kind of intelligence is, you know, essentially infinite. Which is uh, terrifying it, it, when you see North Korea mobilizing their nukes. You see, I think China mobilized like a couple million people in their military recently, like yeah. last week. And I mean, yeah. obviously Russia's been doing all the crazy shit they've been doing. So it's like, dude, what? Like... I don't want to like be the the bringer of chaos or anything like that, but it's like hard to not be anxious when you when you hear be all your these war, things. John Al. Let's hear it. <laughs> it's just it's scary, bro. Having a family. Well, we and all did. This shit. We we also so look. I feel like this is how it always happens. Countries get spooked, and so they take measures that they believe are uh, justified and rational. Which I guess in in a, in a vacuum, in the moment, they are right. So, for example, the United States just uh, uh, had an agreement with the Philippines that we're going to open up three or four. Uh, new military bases in the Philippines as a direct uh, response to China's actions, oh, right? Wow. So it's like, you do this, we're going to do this. Oh, you did this, now we're going to do this. Well, we did this because you did that, and if you're doing that, now we're going to do this. It's a big tit for tat. Right. And it just inevitably ends up in conflict. One of the big things that came out of this, this whole, uh, the first the first balloon that we shot down was that Secretary of State A. Blinken it's my favorite name in all of politics right now. This guy's name is Anthony Blinken, but if you shorten his initials, uh, his, his name is Abe Blinken. That's amazing. <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> Anyways, he um, was set to go meet with uh, uh, President Xi of China. And two days before that, we found out about this balloon and we shut down that meeting. So diplomacy has just completely shuttered with China, which is not good. Diplomacy is how you avoid war. So I think that's like the biggest story coming out of all this. Um, But this all could be a big old psyop based off of what's happening in Ohio right now. And when you hear the details, you may be likely to believe that this is all just a cover up because what's going on in Ohio right now is and could be one of the biggest environmental disasters in all of the United States history. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you because it's not getting very much press at all. Like the only press it's getting is the fact that it's not getting press and it still is, is like very, very slowly getting attention. So on February 3rd, a 150 car train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, 50 cars of the 150 cars derailed, 10 of which were carrying thousands of gallons of hazardous materials. They began to leak into the groundwater and into the into the uh, the creeks and the, and the uh, Ohio River that feeds into the Mississippi, and because they began to leak into the ground, the company that runs this this rail that goes to Ohio is Norfolk, Norfolk Southern. They decided to have a controlled burn of all of these chemicals. So the fire, if you if you've seen any of these pictures or these videos coming out of East Palestine, you'll see a big giant black mushroom cloud of chemicals being burned. And you might at first thought, think, oh, this train derailed and then caught on fire. No, the company that runs the train deliberately set it on fire. Now, that may be the best thing to do in that moment. I do not know. The thing is, they did it. And of the material that was in the train cars, two cars were carrying petroleum oil and they're completely gone. These Train cars carry anywhere from 32 to 60,000 gallons of petroleum oil. Those 32 to 60,000 uh, gallons of petroleum oil either, either leaked into the ground or were burned. <sighs> one gallon of petroleum oil can pollute 1, 000, 1 million gallons of groundwater. Quick math. Somewhere between 32 and 60 millions of groundwater is potentially contaminated in Ohio right now. Wow. The EPA came in as soon as this happened, and they said that the chemicals did leak into the local watershed and animals did die, but the drinking water is fine. It's excellent. You guys go ahead and drink your water. And this actually happens more than you would think, not, not this to this scale, but um, last year, last calendar year, over a thousand trains went off the tracks in the United States. And so it's not like a, it's not like an anomaly. This is not rare, but this type of catastrophe is very rare. And so what we're able to find out is that there was a bearing on the train that caught on fire miles before it hit East Palestine. Then when it was in East Palestine, that bearing on the train caused the train to derail. All these chemicals on these cars were then poured out onto the ground. And of these, I'm not going to go through all the chemicals because I don't know the names and I don't know how to explain them. But essentially, when they burn off the, the main chemical that was leaked, that when you burn that off, it turns into acid and it latches onto water. So potentially, there's hundreds of thousands of gallons of acid rain just waiting to fall onto Ohio or wherever the, wherever the wind Damn, takes Damn, I didn't think about that. Holy shit. Right? So- we're all talking, we're talking about hypotheticals right now. You know what I'm saying? It's, we, we don't necessarily know what the effect is and we don't know what the effect will be in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? It could be catastrophic. What is happened? What is, what is the most frustrating thing? And what, what, what seems to be criminal is that we're not making a giant deal of this. This is an environmental catastrophe happening before our eyes, right? When this happened, Pete Buttigieg, who is the, uh, the Secretary of Transportation, who by all counts would be responsible for this catastrophe or for the response of it, was all too happy to release a uh, or, or unveil, uh, I think it was like Transporta Transportation Equity Day. And all he could talk about when this was going on was the fact that there was too many white people in hard hats. And, and he barely, just barely was talking about 
the federal government's reaction to this catastrophe. And all he, all he could talk about was the air. The air quality is, is better, right? So what they did when they, when they burned off these chemicals is they displaced people within about a five-mile radius of the burn. They put them up in a hotel, and then just days later, they let them go back to their home without any testing, without any – nothing, like literally nothing. Um, reports are coming out that schools of fish just dead floating on the top of the water. Mm. There's video of it. You could look it up everywhere. Crows flying around dying. Some guy that keeps a, a fox farm was saying that his, as soon as this happened, his foxes started to act very weird. One of them got really sick and immediately died. Started like just having watery diarrhea and just died immediately. All the foxes are pacing back and forth in their cage. They're very droopy. Um, and people are pissed. And nobody is making a big deal of this, and I don't understand why. So when somebody is, when when something like this happens, something as big as this happens, and the media does not make a big deal of it, then you have to ask the question, why? So you look a little deeper, and just a few months ago in December, unionized rail workers uh, were planning to strike due to a harsh work schedule that pro- prioritized profits over workers' rights to time off. The strike, listen to this, the strike was deemed illegal by Congress, and thus the union was forced into a deal that its members did not support. Hmm. So I'll read now from this article. I didn't know that this could happen, but Congress can like step in with unions and workers' rights, and they can deem it unacceptable or illegal, and they can step in and they can force a deal. So this was December 2nd. With his signature, Mr. Biden ordered unions to implement a labor contract mediated by his administration that four unions representing more than half of unionized rail workers had rejected after the deal was struck in September. And under the Railway Labor Act, Congress can make both sides accept an agreement to prevent harm to the U.S. economy. Once a labor agreement imposed by Congress is in place, rail workers are not allowed to strike. This is quoting from President Biden himself. It was tough for me, but it was the right thing to do at the moment to save jobs, to protect millions of working families from harm and disruption, and to keep supply chain stable around the holidays. There is mm-hmm. the signal and the noise right there to keep supply chain stable around the holidays. Now, we could just sit here and be cynical about everything that is going on so far. Uh, and it's not until you figure out that Norfolk Southern the company that owns the train that derailed in Ohio is owned by literally all of the, all of the who's who of uh, private equity, your black rocks, your JP Morgan chases. It's all private equity owned. So follow the money here. They try and strike three months ago. The Biden administration and Congress step in because if they let, allow them to strike, then commerce goes down and these railways are not allowed to move the product that they need to move. The strike doesn't happen. They don't improve anything. They force them into a deal that they that they don't want to be in. And three months later, you have this situation. Just last month, there was a 26-car derailment in Fairplay. And they paid a civil charge of $27,000 after uh, coal hopper rail cars derailed and spilled into the Roanoke River in 2020. So the next time somebody tries to talk to you or tell you about anything about the environment or anything about climate change or anything about why we should do this, that, and the other, it's very apparent where folks' loyalties lie. I don't hear anybody. I don't hear anybody talking about what's going on in Ohio right now. The biggest environmental disaster that is happening in the United States at this moment and nobody is making a big fuss about it. And I cannot understand why. 
And the only explanation that I can give myself is that big money is stepping in and silencing this completely because it would be too much of an embarrassment. And to me, I, I don't see any reason why there would be consequences for this. Yeah. I heard something similar too with like kind of trying to like divert our attention to the balloons and all this other stuff and kind of worry about World War Three is they're also releasing the Epstein files. Uh, they're like slowly but surely going to start dropping names. And yeah. what, what they said is including at least one very prominent figure, which everyone's thinking is Prince Andrew. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But they unsealed it during the Ghislaine Maxwell case and it's finally going to start coming out. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get more and more gruesome details from that whole situation. But I mean, man, it worked. It definitely worked, man, because no one's, I mean, people are talking about Ohio, but not like they should be. And everyone's just, uh, my whole timeline is just about these, this shit flying in the sky. I don't know about the organization News Nation. I don't know if what they represent, what their bias is, but they had a reporter when the, the first press conference for this train derailment in Palestine, Palestine, Ohio was going on with Governor Mike DeWine. This reporter was recording in this press conference and was arrested without any warning or explanation by the Ohio State Highway Patrol and the Ohio National Guard. Hmm. Reporter arrested at a press conference for no reason. Strange. And the Ohio Tur- Attorney General is now leading an investigation into it. But like, what the fuck, dude? It just, I don't know. I, you can only be so cynical, but at the end of the day, trail derailment in Ohio. There was another trail derailment in South Carolina. There's a trail derailment in Texas this week. Objects being shot down over the sky all over the United States. And there are zero answers from our leaders. True. Very true. What I did think was weird though is, is they had like a meeting about all this shit in the sky and they were, they were interviewing a bunch of Republicans when they came out that I had seen and none of them were like being that critical to the administration which I thought was really surprising because it seems like a really easy time to like take some shots, take some low blows, you know, get get those one-liners and, and no one was really doing anything. At, or, but like they weren't really saying much either. Like they weren't, you know how po- politicians are. They're not really like answering the questions really. You know, it was just, but I, I, to me, it seemed like a perfect opportunity to throw shade, but they didn't. So I don't know what it is. Maybe, I mean, they obviously know something we don't know. Uh, yeah, they must, man, because this the lack of answers and, and the silence is just so annoying. I, I I just don't understand it. Eric Weinstein on Twitter he had a really he had a really good thread. He asked the question: Any updates on the debris from the second, third, and fourth objects shot down over Alaska, the Yukon, and Lake Huron? And then he goes on to ask the following questions: Or origin of COVID and the Eco Health uh, New York City interference, or the source of the Epstein trading fortune, or paper mask mandate effect, efficacy? or money supply changes on CPI, or vaccine assessment, hmm. updates on the FBI, DHS, GEC, CISA, pre-debunking citizens sharing real information through manipulated tech platforms, election interference via federal suppression of journalism, protected impact of vinyl chloride cloud and expected deaths and morbidity, disclosure of UFO, UAP history, updates on how the congressional leadership is able to beat markets, to whom Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein trafficked, whether GM and GE were related in any way to the IC, why we pulled out of Bagram the way we did, why we can't rest, uh, question the Ukraine escalation, and he just goes on. I mean, he just goes on and on and on. Right. It's so frustrating, dude. And yet, and yet, I don't want to harp on this. I don't want to get into conversation about this, but we rally and we riot over race. I just can't help but think that we're all purposefully brainwashed into thinking about the wrong things. And I don't know how to break through. I don't know how to like, cause I, I could sit here and be angry and mad and 
yell, you know, I, I, I wasn't particularly happy with the conversation we had last time about this because I got emotional about it. And it wasn't that I was emotional about the, the issue itself. It's, it's, a, it's an issue to be emotional about. But I was emotional that we're focusing on, on all the wrong things. And it seems to be on purpose. And nobody's been able to tell me that I'm wrong. So what do you do? Do you, do you incite violence? You incite violence against the government? I, I, don't, I don't condone it. But, but do you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There, there's going to come a, a, a tipping point when rational people don't think rationally anymore. And they can't take any more of this. And if you get enough of those people who can't take an, an, any more of this, then it ends in catastrophe. And all I can think of is that people are just too fat and happy right now. And when that day comes, then, you know, maybe they'll reap what they sow, maybe they won't. But for the time being, they're going to continue to dig in. There's a story out by a gentleman named Seymour Hirsch. And his claim is that America took out the Nord Stream pipeline. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Nord Stream heard, pipeline? Yeah, I heard, I heard about this report too. That's crazy. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit from it. The U.S. Navy's Diving and Salvage Center can be found in a location as obscure as its name down what was once a country lane in rural Panama City, a now booming resort city, in the southwestern panhandle of Florida, 70 miles south of the Alabama border. The center's complex is a nondescript location, a drab concrete post-World War II structure that has the look of a vocational high school on the west side of Chicago. A coin-operated laundromat and a dance school are across across what is now a four-lane road. The center has been training highly skilled deep-water divers for decades, who, once assigned to the American military units worldwide, are capable of technical diving to do the good, using C4 explosive to clear harbors and beaches of debris and unexploded ordnance, as well as the bad, like blowing up foreign oil rigs, and fouling intake valves for undersea power plants, destroying locks on crucial ship canals. The Panama City Center, which boasts the second largest indoor pool in America, was the perfect place to recruit the best and most taciturn graduates of the diving school who successfully did last summer what they had been authorized to do 260 feet under the surface of the Baltic Sea. Last June, the Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as the Baltops 22, planted the remotely triggered explosive that, three months later, destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. Two of the pipelines, which were known collectively as Nord Stream 1, had been providing Germany and much of Western Europe with cheap Russian natural gas for more than a decade. A second pair of pipelines called Nord Stream 2 had been built but were not yet operational. Now with Russian troops amassing on the Ukraine border and the bloodiest war in Europe since 1945 looming, Joseph, President Joseph Biden saw the pipelines as a vehicle for Vladimir Putin to weaponize natural gas for his political and territorial ambitions. When asked for comment, Adrian Watson of the uh, White House spokesperson said in an email, this is false and complete fiction. Tammy Thorpe, a spokesperson for the Central Intelligence Agency, similarly wrote, this claim is completely and utterly false. Now, if we did do this, if it is true that we did this, one, we would never admit to it. So of course, this is what they're going to say, regardless of whether or not it's true. Secondly, if this is true, this is an unprovoked, unauthorized act of war from the president on a a foreign entity. And again, my brain being very cynical, taking in the news as I do, flip this on its head. If this story comes out under a Republican president, namely Donald J. Trump, articles of impeachment are already written. They're already drafted, and they're in the hands of congressmen and senators to get him out of office 
for unauthorized attacks on a foreign country. This may be false, but ever since this report came out, that's all anybody's ever said. Nobody's reporting on it. You don't think that this is credible enough information that somebody's willing to write an entire article about it. And this guy, I mean, apparently he's, he's broken stories on Watergate and, and other, uh, and, and other big, big news stories throughout, throughout the, uh, the years. Not one person is saying, Hey, we should really look into this because if it is true, this is as big of an overreach of power as we've ever seen ever. That'd be like a NATO country attacking other NATO countries, right? Because it's what supplies Germany, who is our ally, but like it would be us. I'm not attacking them, but like... It'd be an indirect attack on Germany, but it, but a direct attack on Russia because they, they own it. So this news comes just a couple days after former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett had an interview and he claims that he had brokered a peace between the Ukraine and Russia and that he deferred this peace plan to the United States and the United States said no. He said that his efforts as a negotiator between Moscow and, and Kiev shortly after the onset of the conflict were almost a success with both countries agreeing to the concessions and a call for a truce. But he said it did not happen because Ukraine's Western backer stopped it. Quote, I think there was a legitimate decision by the West to keep striking Russia. I mean, the more aggressive approach, basically, yes, they blocked it. Bennett further revealed that his mediation in March, the month of after the conflict started, was closely coordinated with the United States. France and Germany. However, after the conflict broke out, there was no unified approach on how to address it. So I don't know, man, I, I just like this proxy war shit, this, you know, and this is how, this is how we've been doing things for so many years. But I, I think now we have more exposure and more transparency into the way that, that the United States decides to go after their foreign policy. And it's through intervention. It's through uh, proxy war. It's through indirect aid. I don't know how we can send weapons and aid and arms and tanks all to Ukraine, who's in a war, and then say, yeah, we're not at war. No, we're at war. And none of us voted on it. Congress didn't vote on it. None of us had a say in it. We're just sitting here like, well, I hope our leaders don't uh, mm -hmm. march us to World War Three. Right. And how much money are they sending to Ohio right now to fix this whole disaster? Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, what? That's crazy, man. It's crazy. You know, and I don't I, know if a Republican would do it any better. Like, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, I don't, God, like, no. you know what I mean? I, I don't know. But it's just, just all of them are just fools, it seems like, man. Fools. The last time the National Guard was deployed to Ohio, they killed three people in Kent State. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. Um, so I don't know, dude. It's just, it's just all very frustrating. And uh, I, I wish the stories of the aliens were true. I wish there was just a sweet I would love UFO coming to just end it all, man. You think just that's what would happen sweet, if they showed up? You think they'd the destroy sweet us? death we deserve. Um, I don't know why. They wouldn't come friendly. <sighs> that's what the, yeah, the, the optimism me wants to say that. I think what they'd really do is like steal us and make us slaves. Like, I think that's what happened to the Mayans. You know, how the Mayans just like disappeared. Yeah. I think they were either taken back as slaves or maybe they befriended the aliens during their time here because... Put on the tinfoil hat real quick, but like you look at the pyramids and how they popped up all, all everywhere at the same time, you know, all across the world and all very similar in their designs. Then the Mayans just disappear. It's like they probably were like, oh, these people are pretty cool. We like these people. We'll take them back with us. Like civilizations don't just like stop, you know? You ever hear that Andrew Schultz joke mm. where he's talking about, he goes, he goes, this is how you know Mexicans are the best workers in the world. There are also pyramids in Mexico. And nobody questions who built those. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shit amazing. Was hilarious. Real quick, 
Andrew Tate. Have you been following Dude, this? Dude, I just uh, was reading about this this morning. That shit's crazy. So if you don't know the story, quick recap. I, I don't I don't know Andrew Tate. I don't know what he does. I don't know how he got his money or his cars or anything. He lived, he, he's, he's very popular on the internet. He lived in Romania with his brother and he got arrested and thrown into solitary confinement under the charges that he was trafficking women. Okay. One of the character witnesses in his case came out and said, I was never trafficked like ever. These are all false claims. And the judge in this case ruled that this woman was brainwashed, <laughs> that she indeed was sex trafficked and she doesn't know what she's talking about. So they had, they admitted her as a, uh, as a, as a witness, even, even though she said absolutely not. And then today it came out that the, the there's two other women who basically framed the Tate brothers into thinking that they loved them and then set them up to, uh, to be framed as sex traffickers all for like clout and money and just to be a terrible, terrible human being. So it looks like this case is dissolving under its own accord. Now, whether or not the justice system in Romania acts accordingly, I don't know, but it looks like there's absolutely no evidence pointing to the fact that they are sex traffickers and some of the most unjust and wildly insane stories I've heard from, uh, from any foreign, um, justice system. And I don't know about you, man, but every time I hear about these stories in different countries and how their justice system works, I am just so thankful <laughs> that though deeply flawed, I live in the American justice system where there is due process and you are innocent until proven guilty and you have to go and have a fair trial. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll start seeing uh, start seeing them back again. I don't know, but it looks like this all was more or less a farce. You see Drake got out of testifying in this Triple uh, X case. I did. Yeah, I did. He's got some good lawyers, Which is man. Interesting. Got some real good lawyers. Because mm-hmm. he has quite a few lines. I've been seeing more and more of them. I'm not a big Drake fan, but like I've uh, been seeing on TikTok and other places, like more and more of his bars that were like pretty much straight references to like making it sound like he killed somebody. Who knows if that's just Drake like talking shit trying to be right. cool or whatever, but there was a beef between them very shortly before he died. Um, so I, I don't know, but he was, he got deposition to show up, I believe like it would have been next week, but he got out of it, does not have to go. So he's scotch free as they say. Mm, interesting. There is, this is going to be very unpopular and I don't really care, but I thought it was interesting, but there are reports and stories coming out that the evidence presented in the trial of Harvey Weinstein does not match what was put in the media. Oh. And you can, you know, maybe detest what he stands for and don't think he's innocent, but there are people coming out who, despite not even like liking the guy, swear that he got railroaded. Swear that he got railroaded. Just like um, set up to get like to get taken down kind of a thing, like an Andrew Tate kind of thing? Like kind of like that. Basically, like the story, the story is going that like he was a scapegoat for a lot of other like really bad actors in Hollywood. Right. Mm. So let's me to Harvey Weinstein. Let's make him the center of this. And people start piling on like, oh, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, he did this to me, too. And this to me, too. Right. And it did start a trend of, of like a lot of people coming out and and like having the, the, 
courage to to announce who their uh, yeah. abuser was. Kind of like a Bill Cosby situation. Yeah. Where, yeah. Exactly. Right. And one of the uh, in, in like tangible evidence of this is that there's a, a jury in New York right now that's deadlocked in the case. They have a unanimous decision on the counts of first degree rape and third degree rape and one count of criminal sex sex act, but they're deadlocked on two counts of predatory sexual assault and the judge is making them come to a unanimous decision. Mm. So the fact that they don't have a, like, okay, how can you unanimously decide? And maybe they're, maybe it's guilty or not guilty. We don't know, but you've n- unanimously decided on first degree and third degree rape right? Mm-hmm. And one count of a criminal sex act, but you're deadlocked on two counts of predatory sexual assault. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like kind of go together, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the same, if it's, if it's the, the same, same case, which right. I, I imagine it is, it's the same person filing suit against him. Mm-hmm. I see this new story come out and somebody who I won't name very prominent on Twitter puts a story out and says, Hey, if you haven't been following this, a lot of the things that that have been said about him in the media don't match up in court. And you just see all the comments like, yep, I know people in Hollywood and they don't like him. They don't, they don't care for him. They don't care for what he stands for, but they do not think that he's guilty of a lot of the things that have been accused about him. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. You know, even, even like Harvey Weinstein isn't safe from the, the folly of, of mob mentality. Right. Yeah. You've seen, obviously you've seen Traffic Thunder, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The char- Tom Cruise's character was supposed to be like modeled after him, kind of like a satire of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, uh, well, yeah for sure. <laughs> and 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 you know, um, Harvey Weinstein didn't invent the casting couch, right? Like that was a that was like a a metaphor in Hollywood in general. It wasn't just like him; mm-hmm. he just became the poster boy of it. Right. Right. So, anyway, when are we supposed to get these Harvey, uh, these uh, Jeffrey Epstein? They said they're supposed names. to start uh, releasing them next week. Is what I heard early next week. Mm. They're gonna start. I, I, I don't know why they don't just do it all at once. I don't know why it's slowly but surely. But that's that's gonna be interesting, man. Especially if you got guys like uh, like a Bill Gates. He was there a lot. Um, obviously, yeah. Clinton was there a lot. Uh, Prince Andrew, like I, I, don't, I don't know, but like here, if that would really affect anyone overseas, that would probably be a little ground shaking. But I want names, dude. I want names. Right? I want people to go down. I want legacies to perish because of this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and and what they're also releasing is, I think, like names of the people accusing them. So like, if people wanted to like go after people in court, uh, somehow this would like allow that to happen now that it's public. I don't, I don't really know that it's pu- now that it's public record. Like more suits could could be opened up against them, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens of it. I'm guessing we'll just keep on seeing like 30 more weather balloons and get distracted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did we ever? Did we talk about the the Pfizer Project Veritas video? Mm-mm, no, we didn't. I did see that though. So in this video, there is a uh, an employee who seems to be a high level employee saying he's you know, director of I forget the I forget this his title, but he's the director of something, and he's basically just like loose lipping everything that that he's that he's working with and working on at Pfizer, namely that they are now recognizing that this vaccine needs to be put into people somewhere, and so. They're deliberating, and, and there's no proof yet whether or not they're doing this, but they're deliberating whether or not they should take COVID-19, whatever current strain, and manipulate it in-house to develop vaccines for further iterations of COVID-19. If there's even a shred of evidence that that is true, then they need to be investigated to the fullest extent. Shut down. 
That is the, that is playing with fire times one million. That is literally how we got to where we're at right now with COVID. And what is the response? Like you might imagine. Crickets from everybody in the mainstream media. 20, 30 million views of this on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on YouTube. It gets pulled from YouTube after about 20 million views. And it's not like... I don't, I don't want anybody to talk to me about journalistic standards or ethics because we obviously have none. You know, when I, you know, when I decided that this wasn't aliens, Al, hmm. when CNN started asking the question, is this aliens? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent not now. Yeah. I know it's a hundred percent not. As soon as it hits CNN or any mainstream media and they start talking about it, I automatically know that it's false and they're, they're not telling the truth. So you know what to do? You have somebody who gets caught thinking that they're talking to somebody they're on a date with. And opening up about things that are going on in Pfizer. That's gotcha journalism. That is not technically as ethical of a, of, 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 of a way to, to provide information as possible. However, when you have a media who's not willing to ask the hard questions, who's not willing to figure out what these people are up to, then you have to take these these extreme measures. And I'm very thankful for Project Veritas and the work that they do because the public can see what we're all thinking and contemplating and questioning and we can say, oh, motherfucker, they are lying to us. And here is concrete proof. Yeah. And the fact that nobody wants to follow up on that, that nobody wants to take that seriously, that nobody wants to see that in the, in the mainstream media and say, oh, wow, we really have something here. Is Pfizer playing with COVID-19? Are they doing gain of function research as a corporation? Hmm. Uh, well, speaking of Pfizer, Damar Hamlin, mm -hmm. who we talked about a couple weeks ago, he was on uh, Good Morning America, and he's being interviewed. And the interviewer says, you're 24, in peak physical condition. You can run circles around me. How did doctors describe what happened to you? And Damar takes a very long pause, and he says, um, that's something I want to stay away from. Now... This is his personal medical history. Certainly not demanding that he release it. He doesn't have to talk about it. He contemplated that answer. Why would you contemplate that right. answer? Right. I do. I saw the same video. I'm like, you thought about that for way too long to not give an answer. So yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but there's some weird things about that conspiracy, man, that it's you know hard what, dude? to overlook. Yeah, you're, but you're not a crazy person. None of us are crazy people for for being skeptical about this stuff. Mm -hmm. None of us are crazy. Why? Because none of us are getting answered. What did we just talk about at the beginning of this show? Yeah. Four different things shot out of the air, train derailments going on forever. And then a list of like 30 other things that we haven't got answers for that you have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Potent, potentially uh, uh, deadly chemicals being burned off into the, into the Ohio air if they haven't seeped into the groundwater already and answers for none of it. So who are we to trust? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and maybe that's by design. Maybe it's just the debasing of a, a society and that's the point so that you're all kind of at the teat of the government and looking for... Looking for somebody to give answers to or to help save you. Well, they don't care about you, man. In the cheeriest news of the week, Tiger Woods plays. Dude, I was saving it for the end. I was going to bring it up to you, too. Good. I'm glad we're thinking about the same thing. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm you waking know, up first thing tomorrow, putting it on. Oh, he doesn't He doesn't get out till late. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's out to like 3 o'clock your time. 
Oh, because it's in Cali, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. So they gave him uh, they gave him a late early tea time. So he goes out late Thursday and early early Friday. Uh, and I think I know why they did it because like normally that's like reserved for you know like you don't want that tea time. But um, it's supposed to be like the coldest morning. I think it was like 37 degrees this morning mm. uh, and it, and it may be just as cold tomorrow. And so they might've given it to warm him up in the afternoon and then have a cold, like a less cold morning on, on Friday. And he's playing with what JT and Rory. Yeah. That's a nice. Grouping. Yeah. That's a nice little pairing there. What a grouping. Do you um, think he can actually win? Like I know he, he has all the confidence in the world and he's been saying, you know, I wouldn't have participated if, I, I wasn't. I didn't think I could hang with these guys and beat these guys. But I mean, do you think all the shit that's going on with him and surgery after surgery and missing, you know, huge, you know, chunks of months at a time? Like, can can he still? I mean, it, it'll be remain to be seen. But do you think he can like still perform at that Tiger level? Yes. Yeah. He's not going to win. Yeah. But I think he'll be. I, I follow a couple of people who who uh, blog about golf and they. Um, they were out there today during his practice round and they they're saying you know obviously like the conditions were, were shit today so it's kind of hard to, to judge his game but they're saying that his walk is way better oh really yeah like he doesn't have as much of a gimp um and that uh his physical abilities look a little bit better and as long as that's the case like last year when he was playing in in whatever tournaments he played in his ball striking was perfect it was just his ability to keep up with the course yeah i don't um, do you think that they should let him like use carts like do, do you think well he could he could oh really he could he could apply for an exemption he never will he said it a million times he goes i'll i'll never use a cart in, really in a, in a competitive round yeah ah. yeah i mean he yeah the way he sees it is that that's a that's an unfair advantage for him that's true and so he, he'll, he'll never take that which i mean Good for him, I guess. But uh, how many more years do you see Tiger being on the tour for? I don't know, man. Three, four tops. I want to see him and Charlie in a tournament against each other, and I think it's possible. Charlie's fourteen. I think Tiger didn't Tiger come into the PGA at like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, pretty sure. So, I'm, dude, it could definitely happen. That'd be that'd be really cool to see, kind of like that passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. that'd be cool. I just read a, a really cool article about uh, Bronny James, mm-hmm. and they interviewed a bunch of college scouts. And they were all like, look, he's a good player. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He knows the game as well as anybody knows the game. If he, if he was, if he, if he, if his play matched the hype, he would be signed to Duke of Kentucky right now. And he's not, and that tells you everything you need to know. So I wonder if he gets that shot at the NBA, if he actually goes and plays with with LeBron, like LeBron's prophesied him to be. And like, what a, t- what a terribly awful burden to have as like a 17, 18 year old. I know, right? Carry your so father's name. Right. Yeah, dude, so much pressure. That's crazy. Like Michael Jordan Jr. never did it. He never made it to the, like, to the the league like no. that. Uh, Shaq's kid. Sharif, yeah. Sharif O'Neal never really did it. That's all. I mean, dude, it's tough, man. And think about yeah, it. Like, yeah, it's tough. You, your genes are in that kid, but it's also mixed with someone else. So it's diluted and it's, I don't know, like... It's hard to like live up to those high expectations, you know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But um, I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be highly touted because LeBron pretty much said, "I'm going to go wherever he like." He wants to play with his kid before he retires. So, like, whoever drafts right. Bronny is kind of getting LeBron, you know. So it's it's kind of lame, but whatever. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do? You're the king. That's um, right. He, dude, he's the goat now. It's official. He wants one more ring. It's definitely official, but. 
No, he's still he's still careers behind. Uh, <laughs> he's still careers behind uh, Michael. Careers? He's gonna play like twice as long of a career as Michael when it comes to years. I think I forget, I don't have it up in front of me, but if you look at uh, just like the 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 accolades between LeBron and Michael, it's like a career's worth of accolades as far as trophies won. As far as like MVPs, Defensive Player of the Years, true trophies won. Look at the coaches that. that Michael Jordan played for, though. Someone brought that to my attention this week, and I was like, "Whoa, that's a really good, really good point." Like he played for arguably the best coach ever in the NBA, Phil Jackson. Who is LeBron? Mm-hmm. Coach? Who's Coach LeBron? That's anything worth anything? No one. Like no one with any quality coaching resume has coached LeBron James mm-hmm. in the NBA. That should tell you all you need to know about LeBron James. About, I mean, he's not. I mean, maybe now he's more making those calls, but he w- hasn't made those calls earlier. So I don't know. I'd, it's tough, man. Those, it's a team game. It's I, I, Jordan definitely helped big time help win those championships, but I think overall with career, he's got more points than Jordan, more assists. The only thing he's got, Jordan's got him in now is championships. Is that all you play for? Because if MVPs, that's the case, Kareem's the best. That's a player of the year. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost. Uh, he definitely has him in trophies. I'll give you that. He's got him in, in in trophies, but I just I think that like the longevity of LeBron's career, where he he he's beaten uh, Jordan in points, assists, rebound, like three points, like all of those stats. Like it, it's it's really just those those trophies. Two two more NBA championships, mm-hmm. and 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 LeBron won his fourth in the bubble. So we'll say like <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> Two more finals MVPs. One more MVP. LeBron hasn't beat in all NBA appearances, and that's just, you know, that's longevity speaking. LeBron has one more. Oh, no, he has a lot more all-star appearances. Um, but you can't brush Le- off longevity, though. Longevity is a huge thing, especially in this sport, bro. People don't be playing for, sure. for 23 years. Like, that's craziness. At the level he's playing. Like, he's averaging 30. Like, that's insane. He's yeah. averaging what well, he averaged his rookie years. And throughout his career, like he he hasn't really. I think his career average is like thirty one. It's like that's insane to to keep that that pace up for your entire career. Like that's that's really something. Like Jordan had spurts, you know, he had like little like spurts where he's like um, unbelievable. But I, he had Phil Jackson coaching him, so I, I don't know. I, I just think that's like so he didn't do shit either without Pippen. Like Jordan didn't do shit until he got Pippen and Rodman. So it's like I don't know. It's a team game, man. One guy isn't doing everything out there when it comes to a championship. Maybe next episode you can tell me how his dick tastes. Mm, I would love to. I'm literally dripping from fever sweat right now, though, dude. This yeah, is disgusting. You, you, I, I just look back. You look like absolute oh hell. Oh, my Let's God. Here. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> go, go lay down. Jesus Christ. Find us where you find us. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>